630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. To Dreisaitl. Peels it off the right wing boards. Pugliarvi's in front of the net. Puck back to the line. Barry to McDavid to Nugent Hopkins to Dreisaitl Scott! Power play goal by Leon Dreisaitl. Two power play goals, 55 seconds apart for the Edmonton Oilers in the third period. They win 4-3 over the Calgary Flames. At one point, the Flames led this game 3-zip, but the Oilers able to put it together and get the victory. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's five minutes before 10. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, I think again, Rob, like the game a couple of days ago, a lot to discuss, some good, some bad. Or uh, what, what's the phrase I used? Uh, some things on the unhappy side of the ledger, <laughs> to put it a little more gently in the preseason. But, I mean, look, the, the Oilers power play, an, an ongoing topic for us over the last couple of seasons, and it comes through today. McDavid with the net drive is tripped, goes tumbling into the goaltender. Pugliarvi shoots the loose pocket, clips McDavid on the way in as, as he and Markstrom are, well, as he was basically lying on top of Markstrom at the time. Flames challenge for goalie interference and the ref says well oh. calgary trip big david so <laughs> that was an easy one and then nugent hopkins the uh the quick little pass over to dry and he rips it in but the thing that is really so deadly about the power play to me is anybody on it can shoot Mm-hmm. And anybody on it can also pass. It's not like, well, this guy is basically just the shooter and these two guys are the setup guys. They, they have those players in almost every spot. Well, as we were saying with Bob after the game, I, I don't know another power play in the league that has five guys on it that are capable of making the great play as well as capable of scoring the goal. And that's what makes them so dangerous as the defenders. When you, when you look at Washington, for example, Everyone knows that the puck is going over to Ovechkin for a one-timer. Now, he's so great, and there are playmakers around him that they still have success doing that, but everyone knows that that's what they're trying to do. So your whole goal is to try and get someone in the shooting lane and the passing lane. Don't let the pass come. Don't let the shot get through. When you're dealing with the Oilers, well, I mean, if McDavid has it on the one side, is he going to shoot? Is he going to hit Nugent Hopkins up high? Is he going back door to Hyman? Is he going across the ice to... To, to Leon, or is he going back for a bomb from Barry? And, and every player has those four other options as well as shooting themselves. That's why it's so dangerous, and it's hard to defend. And another thing that you're excited about right now is normally power plays, in my experience, take longer to get going once the season starts. It's easier to penalty kill because it's just hard work. The power play has to have timing. It has to have execution. And sometimes it takes, you know, three, five, seven games for players to get back into that midseason form. The fact that the Oilers have four guys, main dudes, that are used to playing with each other, they they're already have that chemistry. You throw Hyman in front of the net or Pugliarvi, they're capable of very easily jumping into the role that Chase Honor Neal had in the past. So you just can't take silly penalties against the Oilers. And then in this game tonight, and I just kind of said a flippant remark a second ago, I don't understand. In a game that the Oilers just bounced back from three down, they score a big power play goal, got all the momentum in the world, why you would call a coach's challenge on the goal. That was as obvious a trip 
that should have been called a trip. There was zero chance that that was going to be overturned. And then you just gave the Oilers a, another power play because by challenging and being wrong, you get a penalty, which well, I don't know how much longer afterwards, 30 seconds, 40 seconds afterwards. 55, two 50, goals in 55. So 55 yeah. seconds later, they have the, the go-ahead goal. So that, to me, is a silly penalty. And you just put the best power play in the National Hockey League back out there with all the momentum in the world. So uh, it's going to be fun if the Oilers play with a little, with fewer mistakes come regular season, their power play can win them a lot of hockey games. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. That's going to be, you know, a, again, a difference in, I mean, hard to put a number on it, but, you know, several games in the upcoming season, I'm pretty safe saying that the Oilers can, will be able to win uh, on their power play. And, and dry settle that one-timer, how about that other sequence where the, the puck was going to him and it, it, I think it just ticked a flame stick and got slowed down. And Markstrom sprawled across with the pad stack, and then it was almost like Drysdale and Markstrom had this little moment because <laughs> Drysdale still got the puck. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to try and flip it over you now." And Markstrom's thinking, "Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to th- make myself as big as possible." And uh, I think Markstrom just got a piece of the the shot that Drysdale eventually got away. Normally, you don't have that much time. It was almost like it was like uh, they slowed down a movie into slow motion. All right, mano a mano, who's going to win this one? I thought Drysdale was excellent in this hockey game tonight. I think uh, there was some talk over the last couple days where Dave Tippett more or less called out Leon for for some plays in the last game. Uh, Leon came out came out tonight and he took the game over at times. He was very very good tonight. Created some scoring chances. Scored a goal. Uh, good things when Leon is on his game like he was tonight. All right, so the Oilers win 4-3 over the Calgary Flames. Again, Calgary was up 3-0, and uh, credit to them for having that lead. Lindholm made it 3-0 just before the halfway point of the second period. They got goals from Kachuk and Goudreau in the first period. And as we discussed after uh, Saturday's game, Rob, and of course there are always mistakes, there are always miscues, there are always misreads, there are always bounces. Um... But it, but again tonight, some some really big mistakes. I mean, the little mistakes you can survive, or or you give your teammates a chance to to bail you out. The Oilers made some mistakes tonight, where it's like, oh no, that's that's a bit of a whopper. Well, a, a few of the mistakes were when Keith and CC were on the ice, and you, you wonder, uh, you know, a new pairing that hasn't been on the ice yet together, uh, just reading off each other, understanding what. Their strengths are what their weaknesses are. So you give them a little bit of a pass that way because there were a couple of mistakes that it came, a couple goals were, were created because of that. Uh, but yeah, the, the strength of the Oilers is up front. The not as strong part is probably on their back end until they see, you know, who can fill in in a role of a Larson. Can Bouchard uh, step up and... and become the the player that they hope they they could be and we saw that in this game tonight and the oh, the wild card is going to be goaltending can it be as good as it was last year and tonight Koskinen was good he was he was the better of the two goaltenders and because of that the others came away with a win well Markstrom had a pretty good team he too, did he, he did top three breakaways yeah. but Koskinen was just one save better Koskinen made some big saves too so it was it was a good game but uh, um, the Oilers at the end of the day had the better power play and they took advantage of their chance because I'm pretty sure the Flames were up by one when they had a power play in the third period. 
and they didn't score on their power play. They had a chance to extend the lead. And that's when the first time that I noticed that Johnny Goudreau wasn't on their bench anymore because when Johnny Goudreau's not on your power play in a one-goal game in the third period, something's got to be wrong. He didn't finish the game. I don't think he played the last. Well, they kept them out for precautionary reasons. Is it? Yeah. I, thought, I thought I saw him take a stick to the face, and he went behind the net in the offensive zone. Something clipped him. He put his hand to his face, and then he went to the bench. I don't know if he played after that. The final shots in the game were 35-29 for the Oilers. They outshot the Flames 24-14 in the second and third period, and I think I think the Flames got five or six shots in the last five minutes. I mean, for a while it was about 24, 23-9 uh, in favor of the Oilers, who uh, rallied to get the victory tonight. McDavid gets a goal and an assist. Dreisaitl and Pugliarvi each with a goal and assist and well. And moving back to the uh, happy side of the ledger, Rob, I mean, yes, the Pugliarvi, again, it's, you know, it's just the preseason, but to me, it's a continuation of the growth we saw last year. He, he no longer, most of the time anyway, looks like a player who is trying to find his way in the NHL. He looks like th- this is a guy who knows what he wants to do on the ice and is making very, very assured plays. Well, and what we've seen... In the last few games, he's no longer just a complimentary player. Uh, he's a guy that's taken charge. Uh, and to, to me, he's been the best player in their last two games. And that's uh, pretty good considering he got McDavid, Drysettle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, amongst others, on the team. And Pugliarvi's been the one that's been the most noticeable. He, I think he finally understands, and, and it more not just finally, he, he, over the course of last year, he, he understands what his strengths are, and he's playing to them now. He's a big, strong man. And there was one time where the, the puck came into the slot, and it never got to him, and he just started going through the defenders of the Flames, and he took two guys with him, and eventually he got to the puck. They can't stop him. He's that big a man, and he's a strong skater, strong on his feet. He threw a big hit that created a sequence, that created a scoring chance. Uh, he, he he has a, an opportunity this year to have a big, pretty big season because not only is he playing five-on-five five with Connor McDavid, he also now is a big part of their power play. So this could be a, a huge breakout season for Yessi. And I tell you, I don't know if there's anyone around the National Hockey League that deserves it more from where he's come from three years ago. And Brendan Perlini scores again. <laughs> Five goals in the preseason now. So he got a breakaway against Calgary. When was that? Last Sunday. Was stopped and banged in his own rebound. Then he scores two mid-range one-timers. He scores uh, on a deflection yep. of a point shot. And then today he is uh, in the goal mouth and just sort of gets a little flip that finds its way through Markstrom. Uh, the, the thing that you find about him is he's always around the scoring area. He's not afraid to shoot. Um, he puts pucks on net. Uh, he, he's a big man with good speed that knows how to get to those areas. And, and what you're seeing now is, and this is what Dave Tippett has been hoping for, right at the very beginning of, of training camp, he's put lines together, hoping that over the course of the exhibition season, they'll find some chemistry. And this and this line has. And this was Kyle Turris' best game. He made another nice play. He assisted on the Perlini goal. Uh, and I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's three or four assists that he's already had this year, this preseason as well, Turris. So the fourth line, led by Perlini, led by Shore, has been very, very good. All right, let's go live to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers defenseman Duncan Keith. Oh, yeah. It was... Uh definitely a different feeling um but it was good uh i enjoyed it and uh it was obviously nice to get that win uh it was a good game and i think uh 
I think uh, I felt more comfortable as the game went on, and uh, I think as a team we we got it going. And uh, you know, power play was uh, big tonight for sure. What about continuity? How long does it take for you? You had defense partners where you played, you know, many years together with. You and Cody are both veterans, but is it a quick thing? How do you? How does the continuity thing matter? How many games do you think you feel you need to guys really know what each other's doing? Well, I don't know if there's a certain number. Uh, I think we try to do a good job communicating out there and uh, you know talking to them before the game and throughout the game, after the game. Um, like I said, I, I think uh, you know I, I certainly felt more comfortable as the game went on, and, and uh, as a pairing, I thought we did as well. So, um, you know, that's a good sign. Uh, we'll just keep building. Duncan, you've played against them for for a few years now, but sort of first time on the inside with McDavid and Drysaitel. Uh, what are your impressions of you know your first game playing with them and watching them go about their business from that angle? It's a lot funner when they're on your side, uh, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive what those guys can do. I've you know played a while now and and uh, haven't seen a power play like that before. So it's definitely uh, a weapon of ours, and uh, it's good to have. Uh, from a physical standpoint, like uh, how are you feeling? And are are you you feeling like you're getting close to where you want to be, or is it going to take you a little bit of time still? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I would say it's just a matter of just, you know, taking it day by day here. And um, I think just haven't been on the ice a whole lot, but just feeling a lot better the more I skate, the more I play, and just the reads and the pace of the play. And um, so, you know, there's not much time, but, you know, it's good. It's good to have a game like that today to, to get jump back into it. You know, uh, a good team against Calgary, and they came out hard, so... Um, you know, it's uh, it's good, but definitely, uh, you know, got to keep it going here. Duncan, over here in the back, uh, Tony Brown, Oilers TV. You obviously bring quite the resume here in Edmonton. Uh, I know it's been kind of early since you joined the team, but the team obviously brought you in for your product on the ice, but also for a lot of the things off of it, such as your leadership. How much do you embrace that role with guys like Evan Bouchard and, and Darnell Nurse who can live, uh, sorry, learn off a guy like you? Uh, I love it actually it's uh you know it's it's interesting going through your career as a young guy and then kind of middle of the pack and then now as an older guy um it happens quick but uh you know you realize that uh as an older guy that's I think it's part of your responsibility for sure um and uh you know just having an eight-year-old son uh you see the the difference you know from a 20 21 year old guy to you know it's uh if I can do whatever I can off the ice to help these guys uh, feel comfortable and, um, you know, it's impressive too. These guys are mature guys and, you know, they're really easy to get along with and making me feel comfortable here too. So it's it's been nice, uh, you know, relationship in that regard and it's just going to, you know, keep getting better. Have those guys after practice or maybe even after the game kind of approached you for some advice or anything like that? Uh, well, we talk all the time, you know, we're always kind of, you know, asking questions back and forth. I mean, I can learn a lot, learn a lot from them as well. So, um, you know, it's a, a unique position to, to be in and, uh, you know, certainly try to embrace it and, and do the best I can uh, to, to bring that leadership uh, to this team. So take us back to when you were Evan Bouchard's age. Who were the guys that taught you the things that you remember now? Who were the names back in Chicago that you learned from? 
Yeah, you know, I, I learned uh, a lot from a lot of different guys, uh, but, you know, it's guys that maybe necessarily wouldn't really, uh, you know, you, you might not think, guys like Jim Dowd, um, Todd Simpson, you know, those guys, there was a lot of guys, Marty LaPointe, Adrian O'Coin, they're all, uh, you know, had a lot of influence on me at a young age, and I just remember guys like that, you know, coming up, talking to me, uh, even in training camp and in practices, and thinking, you know, it's pretty cool that these guys are taking their time out to talk to me, and um, you could just tell that they had a passion for the game, and, uh, you know, it was, it's cool to see that from an older guy, so I definitely remember that. Duncan, just uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, when you were 18 years old, who was the guy that you looked up to kind of coming into the league and wanted to kind of round your game after? Yeah, there was a lot of guys. Um, you know, guys like R Rob Blake, Ray Bork, um, Scott Niedemeyer, uh, a lot of the Canadian guys that were uh, on those Olympic teams. And then, you know, once I made the NHL, uh, we, we played Detroit so much that... Uh, I tried to take in as much as I could uh, with of Nick Lidstrom when we played against him, even though he was on the other team. But you could just tell the, the energy that he had out on the ice, uh, his poise and his, his patience, and uh, just you know the way he, he handled himself uh, took a lot from him as well. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Oilers defenseman Duncan Keith, who tonight, first game as an Oiler, albeit preseason, plays 17:58. Credited with three giveaways, three takeaways, and four blocked shots. So, Rob, it, I think you know you referenced it. I think at times the Oilers struggled as a team to defend, but certainly in the first period and a bit, I, 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 maybe even even in the second period, Keith and CC seemed to be the deep pairing that was struggling the most. Is that you know concerning? Do we worry too much about how Keith played tonight? You know, we've seen CC a couple games in a row now be a little bit up and down. What, if anything, are you seeing there? Oh, I wouldn't be worried about Keith as of yet. As he said, he hasn't been on the ice very much. Um, first preseason game coming to a new organization. I, we had a lot of people that were talking about benching Tyson Berry last year after about 12 games in the regular season, and eventually he led all defense in points. Sometimes it takes a little while to get going coming to a new organization. So I'm not worried at all about Keith. And CeCe, uh, he's had a, a few moments but he uh, I, I'm not too worried about him to give give them time to play together and see what they can do together and then after about 10 15 games you start reevaluating let's go back downstairs head coach Dave Tippett hard practice yesterday so you could tell there were some heavy legs out there so I give him credit for hanging around we got better as the game went on which was good so it's uh, we got a chance to see uh, Duncan Keith for the first time we got you know we're looking at some different things in our lineup so a game like that gives you the ability to you know things that I might try during the season I had the ability to try some of those tonight the the only derogatory thing I would say tonight is we didn't take enough penalties because I want to watch some penalty killers but that's not the worst thing in the world would you ever ask a guy to just flip one over the boards Dave so you can get a penalty well, if the score was the right score, I might. <laughs> um, Brandon Perlini just continue, you know, and he says, hey, things have been decent. And he knows, obviously, he's not going to score every game in the regular season. But just he just continues to, to get noticed. And, and obviously, goals are pretty important in the game. But that line, Dave, they've yet to be scored on five on five in the preseason. Is that maybe as, as impressive to you as much as the goals they've contributed? Just we're looking for 
little additional scoring there, and that's what they've been doing. So you got to give them credit for that, you know. And uh, and I've had some talks with Perlini. I mean, the way that our the makeup of our team, that line, like they can't expect to go out there and get 20 minutes ice time and power play time to to get their uh, to make an impact. So they understand where they are. It's going to be probably around 10 minutes, and depending on how much special teams are in there. But they've got to go out and have an impact. And the impact can come through chipping in on scoring, could be going in and momentum shifts where you play in the other end. Just just have a positive influence on the game when you come out of it. And like you say, that line has all the whole training camp. So you got guys that are working hard to try to find spots. And Thursday we'll look at the the other line that's been in there and uh, just see how it feels with the rhythm of the game. But it's, uh, it's, the competition has been really good. Really, it's good for us because we have good depth. And I know there's some players that aren't going to start in the starting day lineup, but we need that depth to get through a season. And, and we've got good players in that depth. So that's, that's good for the organization. Those final decisions are obviously very difficult. How much can it change here in the next four days, really, for those decisions? Can a guy, you know, make the team or lose the team in the next few games? No, I, I think what it's going to do, we're going we're gonna to kind of evaluate where we are after these two games, the, the game. And there's a rhythm that your lineup goes through and the way the game flows through. And that's why I wanted to play as close to what I would say as a normal game tonight as, as I can without, you know really chasing a matchup or doing something that you're taking people out of the game kind of thing so you're trying to you're trying to play people in roles that they would be in now you know we've got another game to see where that goes the end decision could come down to do we need another penalty killer in there do we you know there's there's is there a face-off guy is is you know a veteran guy that's a stable guy in there a better fit than a young guy right now or is a young guy bring more energy is that what you're looking for energy from that line on the bottom so we have a lot of different options of people we're looking at right there so and i can't say any of them have played themselves out of the starting lineup but it'll come down to what we're looking for in that mix of that bottom group that allows our uh, allows the lineup to kind of have the rhythm we're looking for uh, this this power play of yours, I mean, um, McDavid made mention of it earlier that it's it can be almost a deterrent. Like, no team wants to take penalties, but against you guys, you really don't want to take penalties. Do you think that this is going to, like, impact the way teams play against you? Well, it's a, it's a weapon. It obviously, uh, when you have a good power play, teams don't want to take penalties against you, so they'll, they'll try to be a lot more disciplined. So you're not going to have people coming out and trying to run you through the building. You can rack up a power play that can go out and, and have an impact on the game. So, um, you know, that group's been together for a while now, so they, uh, you know, they, they can be deadly when they get going. Dave, you said you wanted to kind of tinker and, and learn some things about your lineup tonight. What did you learn or find out about um, Yamamoto, uh, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman together? Third period there. Well, we just looked at it. It's... I wanted to see them in a in a situation like at the end of the game, 20 seconds left. Are they are they a good checking line? Are they I, they're all real conscientious guys, working guys. They play structure well. So there's uh, 
you know, and that was a situation where down by a goal, you go into the third, you put uh, Leon and Connor together, and you hope that next line gives you some real quality minutes. And, you know, I'll go back and look at it. I think Nuge got dinged up there for a shift or two that he had to miss, and then Yamo got dinged up at the end of the game, so we didn't get as many shifts as we'd like. But uh, but we'll see how it goes. We might, we might try some of that uh, before the end of camp here, try to get to... Again, it comes back to the rhythm of your lines and the situations you're using people in. And, you know, David and Drysaddle, they play well together, but Drysaddle's also good on his own, so you got to balance that out. You, you talked about you know, obviously getting Duncan Keith in his first game tonight. What did you think of him and the, and the pairing with Cody? You know, I thought, I thought he's solid. That's, that's, you know, he's only, he's been up and going here for two days and jump out there and he said he felt good, didn't feel uh, any fatigue, but the timing and stuff is, you can tell he needs to get up and going here a little bit, but, but uh, he understands the game so well and uh, it's, we were looking to try to get him and CeCe, you know, as much many looks as we can together so we'll continue to do that on Thursday and just see where it goes from there and, and Connor McDavid was talking about that third goal that was scored and, and how he cut around and, and was tripped he, did, he didn't like it he thought it was a dangerous play what, what did you think and was there any kind of look at it it's a trip if the guy doesn't drag his leg Connor jumps inside of him and he doesn't hit the goalie it's a trip should have been a tripping call now the guy trips him and he goes into Markstrom he trips him 10 feet away from the goalie Right, so it's it's if whether he meant to do it or not, drag his leg. He dragged his leg, and Connor jumps in, and he gets tripped. I mean, that's it's a penalty. You know, I don't know if they were calling a penalty or not, but it's a penalty. You've had a f few opportunities to to get a feel for a couple of the new forwards. Hyman Fogel will give you something on that left wing in particular. Mm -hmm. What do you what dynamic? Are they are they bringing the dynamic you were hoping that they would? Yeah, we well we had the one line of uh, Derek Ryan and Vogel and Cass. We were looking for them to bring some good energy, and I thought they had some good shifts together. You know, there's it's to play well. You don't always have to put points on the board. You have to have an impact in the game. And we had talked to that line about trying some different things in the game. I want to go back and look at it, just see how how much we accomplished. But uh, not bad, not bad. And and again, I. I could tell we had some fatigue and heavy legs in it. We had a hard, hard practice, a lot of one-on-one -on -one and battle drills yesterday. So there was, there was going to be some fatigue in it. And uh, I like the way we hung in there. We battled through it. You mentioned you had the tired legs. Nurse and Barry each played 27 minutes uh, with that. I think about three and a half or four on the power play. Um, is that, is that kind of how you're, you said you wanted to kind of... No, it'll, it'll probably balance out a little from there, but... Okay, so Bouchard would play a little more ideally? Yeah, I think there's a chance we'll see Chris Russell in with him on Thursday. He's, uh, he's the next day or two, I think he'll get cleared from the doctors and we want to get him a game. We'll just see how that goes. Dave, just uh, one quick one back on Perlini. He's kind of surprising everyone with how he's playing in the preseason, but you know him a lot better than everyone else does. Is he surprising you, or is this what you thought you'd get out of him when he came in? You, you know what? It's not surprising me, but it's uh, I see the growth in not just the player, but in the in the maturity of, of where he's at. I had him he was a young kid and full of talent and just wanted to go, 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 and just like 
let it rip, you know. And now he's a more mature guy. And like I said, we were talking about his role is different than he came in thinking he's going to be a top six. Well, right now there's, we don't have room for him in the top six, so he's got to see where he can fit in. And he understands that. The maturity of his game understands that, and he understands what comes with that, the responsibility of playing a sound game, doing little things right, where your line goes on and you can have a positive impact and not just kill some clock, you know? So that's, that's, that's the good part of it. He's accepted that role and he's obviously doing very well at it right now. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that, away from the puck and on the defensive side of the puck. Is he doing the right things, in your opinion? The, only, uh, the last game, what was it? The game the other night, I didn't think we had a lot of players that did that and he was in that mode too, but tonight he was really solid. I mean, just doing the right thing. Sometimes you don't have to run around like a chicken with your head cut off to get things done. You're just in position and you let things come to you and then when you find your opportunity to go, you go. And that's, that's basically what he's done well. Dave, I know tomorrow's a day off. Do you have an update on Mike Smith? Are you expecting him to play Thursday? Uh, possibly. He's skating tomorrow. He's the only guy, him and Chris Russell, the only guy skating tomorrow. So uh, he was feeling better today, so he'll skate tomorrow. If he gets through that and then gets through a good practice on Wednesday, I'm, I'm hoping he'll play Thursday. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. The Oilers rally from a 3-0 deficit to knock off the Calgary Flames 4-3 tonight at Rogers Place. So the Oilers' preseason record is now 4-1-1. They have two games left against the Vancouver Canucks. Home Thursday in Van on Saturday. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, and you, 780-496-0063 if you want to check in tonight. And we will go to the phones right now. We have Brandon standing by. Hey, Brandon, thanks uh, for hanging on there through the post-game interview. What's going on, man? Yeah, first off, thanks for taking the call. I just want to say, uh, Mooner, great call tonight, especially uh, on the dry side of the goal. Uh, three thoughts for you guys. First one, uh, Duncan Keith, like you said, uh, looks like he didn't really miss a beat. Uh, secondly, Zach Hyman, he looked great tonight. But lastly, the goaltending. I mean, Miko Koskinen tonight, one or two times, especially on the glove side, it, it, didn't, it didn't look too good. You know, obviously Mike Smith getting tomorrow, that might change things, but... What's your guys' impression of the goaltending situation when things get down the stretch, even when we talk about later in 2022 and, and then maybe even the playoffs? Well, I think Smith will get the majority of the starts based on what we saw last year. I think Koskinen will play, I don't know, Rob, a third of the games. Maybe he'll play every third or fourth game. Well, there's going to be plans, and then there's going to be what happens <laughs> as the season goes on. Uh, I would say... Probably Mike Smith, their plan is to have him play two-thirds of the games and, and Koskinen and the rest. But uh, if Koskinen gets hot, he'll probably get a few more games. If Smith struggles, he'll probably get a few less games. Uh, there's going to be question marks for goaltending until they, again, prove the credit's wrong. And uh, right now, I think the Oilers are pretty happy with the way both Smith and Koskinen have been in the preseason, and they're excited about the way that they can play, and they've seen them play in the past going into the regular season. The, the thing I like about Hyman that, uh, I, you know, I hope he can add, we, as, as we've referenced, we've seen him do it with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, he has skill, but he can control the puck mm -hmm. down low. You yep. know, and that's going to help. You, you've always talked about that compliment for McDavid. And yes, you would like a finisher uh, there, and he'll provide another element there as well. But he can, he can really hang on to the puck down low, draw people towards him and you know the longer he has the puck well that might give 
Connor an extra second or two to find the ice that he wants. Well, he can create his own plays. He doesn't need Connor to create it for him. Uh, we saw that a few times tonight where he shrugged off one, two defenders down low, much bigger guys, and then continued around the net to create a play. The more chaos that he creates in the offensive zone, the more room it'll allow for Connor when the puck comes out to him. And that's the one thing that Hyman does. He creates chaos. He takes the puck to the net. He goes to the dirty areas. He's not an easy out. So when someone's trying to bump him off the puck, it's not easy. They gotta, they gotta, they have, they struggle with him. Then a second guy has to come help out. And normally superstars like a Connor or Leon, they usually have the two guys on them in the offensive zone. Well, if all of a sudden Hyman takes one, two guys away, now Connor McDavid's going to be wide open. And I think that's what you're going to see as we go forward. Hyman's just going to create enough chaos that Connor McDavid is going to get more and more opportunities. All right, the Oilers win at 4-3. We got Robert up next on the phone lines. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid. We are in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chat. Shoots it off the corner boards, kept in by Bouchard. Puck in front of the net, scores! Brendan Perlini shovels it home from the side of the net, and the Oilers cut the flame lead to 3-1. Yeah, Perlini just keeps on scoring his fifth of the preseason. That started the comeback for the Oilers tonight. They were down 3-0 in the second period. They win 4-3, Pugliarvi. McDavid and Dreisaitl also scoring. I have seen people on social media referring to Pugliarvi as the Bison King <laughs> after his close encounter at Elk Island Park a few days ago. I don't oh. know if that nickname's going to stick. Yes, he's a big man. He might have been bigger than the Bison. He might have been. He might have. He's a big man. I think, I think there's times when he's on the power play that the opposition goaltender thinks there's a bison in front of the net because they can't see anything. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm going to take, I'm gonna take uh, Yessi in a fight with a bison. Five rounds. I think Yessi will take him down. 7804960063. Robert has given us a call. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, well, I guess, first of all, that, uh, that uh, bison comment from... Uh, 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 that Bison comment there from Rob was pretty funny. That had a, that actually had me laugh, and that was pretty good. But, uh, uh, anyway, I guess but no, uh, but no. I mean, Paulie Harvey, he's uh, he's as I mean, as you know, like uh, he's just. I mean, like he's huge in front of the net. You can't you can't move him. You can't see around him. He's just he's uh, honestly. I mean, because uh, I mean, like we saw, uh, I mean, like we saw last year what he did in. Uh, you know the 56 game season where you know he scored 15 goals. I think in a full season he could easily put up 25, 30 goals the way he's playing. And uh, you know, and uh, and uh, I guess one of my other thoughts is on uh, Perlini. He is, I mean, I mean, like I, I remember watching him when he played in Arizona that year when he had 17 goals and he was good. But I mean, but I mean, like he he just looks like. It's to say he just looks like a completely different version of himself, in my opinion. And uh, I guess, uh, and I guess finally, I want to touch a little bit on the on the goaltending. I think you know, you know, as I said, you know, previously, I first thing I think uh, I think we're fine with Smith and Koskinen for now. And I mean, I think uh, I think uh, 
I think as far as the goaltending goes, I think it's no. I don't think anything needs to be done unless uh, unless you know touch wood one of them gets hurt. But you know, I think uh, I think this team, especially the power play, this uh, the power play is going to be number one again. I heard I heard I heard you earlier read you were you were talking a little bit saying how you well predicting how the uh, how the power play would be like around like twenty seven percent again be in the high twenties again. Yep, I think. Uh, uh, my prediction this year, and I'm going to say it right now, they're going to be. My prediction right now is an even is an even thirty percent. Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. But, uh, but I mean, uh, I guess. Uh, I, but I guess uh, something we uh, uh, something we can follow up on later on in the season or when the season's over, if I'm wrong. But oh, absolutely. That's a, but yeah, no, but that's what I think. Anyway, guys, okay. thanks. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, I think. Look, we know the goaltending is going to be heavily scrutinized. We know what an important position it is. I, I don't think there's any complaints in the preseason. Uh, that one caller, too, touched. He said something about the goaltending in 2022. The way I look at it longer term is, you know, Koskinen's year will determine if he gets another contract, if, mm-hmm. if the Oilers think that's worth it or not. And then I think the quality of Skinner's season in the American hockey, I, I mean, ideally, Koskinen and, and Smith play well enough that you don't even have to worry about looking around. And uh, Skinner, and I suppose Konovalov as well, will put him in there, play a lot, play a lot of important games in the AHL, and then, you know, maybe one of them, if is not the starter in the NHL a year from now, is good enough to be uh, possibly a backup. I would think that that would be the perfect plan. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to look that far into the future. We haven't started the regular season, and we haven't seen what Mike Smith's capable of doing this year. Uh, if he plays anywhere near like he did last year, goaltending will not be an issue. That's how good Mike Smith was last year. He was in the Vezina Trophy uh, conversation, and deservedly so. So uh, the only reason that there's talk right now with Mike Smith is because of his age. That's the only reason. Based on what he did the year before, there should be absolutely zero chatter about him because he was that good. Uh, At what point does age become a factor for him? Hopefully he's a freak of nature. Like, there's a number of players around the National Hockey League. He looks looks like he takes care of himself. That's not an issue. So, to me, goaltending isn't an issue until it becomes an issue. All right, Oilers win 4-3. That's, that's very well said. Well, thank you very much. Oilers win 4-3 over the Calgary Flames. We have Lyndon calling in as well. Hi, Lyndon. You're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, uh, I was just kind of wondering. So, Yamamoto, I don't know if you guys know this, but he looked pretty invisible tonight. And even last season, I know he was having a rough season. Um, the way Perlini's playing, is it something that you can see Perlini even possibly going up in the ranks and possibly taking his spot? Um, in all honesty, every anything is possible over the course of the year. And if you're playing with Leon, who is the second best player in the National Hockey League, if you're playing with him and you're not producing, then someone else will take your spot. And I know the Yamo had a tough year last year. He didn't put up the, the numbers goals-wise that was expected of him and that he was expecting of himself. I think if anyone moves up, if there is a change at some point early in the season, I believe Cassian would be the first guy that would get a, a look with Leon. But having said that, uh, anything's possible. And if... Perlini continues to produce. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try to find him more and more ice time. But uh, right now, Yamamoto's the guy that's going to play there. He's going to start the season, and the Oilers are hoping 
the way they have their line set up, that this is where they can have success, and they're hoping Yamamoto finds that magic that he had with Leon and RNH a couple seasons ago. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point about probably Cassian. I guess if you go back to what we saw in games three and four against the Jets last year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was interesting today, we haven't really talked about it, it and Tippett did bring it up earlier in the preseason. Okay, McDavid and Drysaddle is always an option that he can go to. Well, we saw how the lines would work, at least in his mind, if he went to that, and it was McDavid, Drysaddle, and Pugliarvi, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and Yamamoto. Well, it, it, it's funny. We sit up here and we're watching the game and we're thinking, okay, it's an exhibition game. He's just gonna, you know, he's gonna try and win the game. But you're, you're thinking, okay, let's let the lines gel together find some chemistry but he's going into the game okay we want some penalties i want to look at my penalty killing okay on a power play we want to get more power plays want to see what these guys can do and then i'm going to put leon and connor together because now i want to see at some point when i do that because you know he's eventually going to do it from time to time how the other line will look so he had all kinds of plans in place for this exhibition game it wasn't just a chemistry building game for his team he had things that he wants to see that he can put forward later later in the the regular season i like the fact that he talked about he likes the flow of his lines the reason we have our lines set up right now because this is what we need this is what each player brings this is what each line brings we've talked to the lines and and that's why i the way that dave tippett has done his preseason and his training camps the last couple of years you can see very early what he thinks what he wants and then he hopes that it works out and that's why uh, the fourth line that he has put in, Turris, Perlini, and, and Shore, to me was the fourth line from a couple games ago. That was going to be the fourth line. Go over it. That's what he wants, and they've proven him right with the way they've played. All right, Oilers take it 4-3, coming back from 3-0 down against the Calgary Flames. Let's go a post-game reaction here from the captain, Connor McDavid. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be giving up games and down the way you were. What did you guys kind of say to one another at that point, and what did you think of the way you in and around? Uh, I felt a little bit more like, uh, not like a preseason game. I thought, uh, you know, we had pretty much a whole lineup in. They had their whole lineup in. And, um, you know, obviously it's a team we know really well. They know us well. And, um, you know, always a, always a battle when we play these guys. Can you take us through that goal where you, you took the puck hard to the net? I know you, you deal with the defenseman in front of you, but there's always that other guy, the offside guy that can come across too, and, and that was the case there. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, obviously they have the right to, to defend their net and, uh, you know, defend uh, me trying to get in there, but you know, when the stick kind of comes in, in into the feet there like, like Tanev's did, um, it's a dangerous play for me and for the goalie. You know, I think... Uh, you know, I don't want to go flying in there. The, the goalie doesn't want me flying in there. Um, and the guy that's left uh, safe is, uh, is the defenseman that, you know, is sloppy with his stick. So, you know, I would like, uh, you know, I think you'd like to see that called uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, protects the, 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 the guy driving the net. And obviously, we, we, want to, we want to, you know, increase offense. And, and, and the guy has to have the right to defend the net as well. But... You know, when the, when the stick gets caught up in the feet and, and sends someone flying into the net, I think you'd like to start seeing that called a little more. And did you, you knew right away you were okay, like there wasn't, uh, like you were fine on the play? It, obviously, it has similarities to the one that, that you were hurt on, but you were good right from the start? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple seconds where you do a, a quick check on your shelf. And... 
and uh, you know see what hurts. And if nothing, then 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 all good, I guess. But um, again, it's a it's a play that's dangerous, and and um, you know I, I obviously don't want to go flying into the net. I want to protect the goalie just as much as as the defenseman does. So. Um, you know, I'd like to see it maybe called a little bit, but you know, ultimately, uh, that's not my decision. Connor, for the for the team, you know, you guys had some chances early. Then you find yourself you're down three nothing. Was it just a, ma a matter of you know tightening up and the giveaways were really kind of killing you early, and then you took over once you stopped giving the puck away? Uh, I liked our game kind of the first half of the first period, and kind of got away from our game, and um, you know, a couple couple little little plays at the blue line cost us, and um, you know. Gaudreau is always going to kind of hang around and, and uh, be behind your demon. So, you know, when there's a, a little turnover, he's, he's really dangerous. He's a great player, and, and he made us pay for that one. So, obviously, we need to be better with the puck. It's something that we always talk about. And, and uh, as soon as we, we kind of got the puck in behind them, I thought our game got, uh, got better. You mentioned it was pretty close to a you know an NHL roster tonight for your squad. Kind of chance to see your lineup as what it might be. Fogel's in, Hyman's in. You have Perlini now. Do you get a sense that there's just there's more like a better forechecking group collectively across top to bottom on all the lines, and you have an ability to kind of keep teams on their heels one through four now? Yeah, it's good to, to get our lineup in and, and kind of get a feel for for how the the rhythm of the game might be. I think that's an important thing and. Um, you know, I liked uh, I liked stretches of our game where we kind of rolled them over and and uh, you know was able to forecheck and like you mentioned the guys we added they're they're all great skaters and and you know tenacious on the puck and you know I like that part uh, I like that part of our game uh, for spurts. And you saw Jesse last year a lot, but just seeing even more confidence in his overall game and where you feel he can go this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a question I get a lot, and, and I think, um, you know, he's, he looks good. You know, there's a, I can't say it enough times. I think, uh, you know, he's come in and, you know, he's skating really well. He wants the puck and, and wants, to be, uh, wants to be involved a little bit more in, in terms of, uh, you know, little plays and stuff like that. So I think uh, it's a great thing. Uh, I know you're not supposed to, you're not going to be, you know, evaluating players or anything as the game's going on, but from what you saw of Duncan Keith, he's sort of unspectacular, but he makes a lot of those quick, deft passes to kind of relieve pressure in your own zone. Yeah, he's such a veteran out there. I think, uh, you know, he just understands the game so well, and, and whenever he gets the puck on his stick, it's so, uh, it's still so calming for everyone. And, um, you know, he makes, you know, I thought he made a great play on, on, on Jesse's goal there to make it 3 2. You know, just kind of, the, no one's going to notice it, but, you know, just to get the puck up quick and, and, uh, and spring, uh, spring Leo to make a great play, I think, you know, it's just little stuff like that. And, and, uh, like you said, it was his first one. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see, uh, see his game, uh, continue to grow. The way teams play defense, you're not really supposed to be able to rely on a quick strike offense like you guys do. But have you come to rely on that, knowing that you know if it's three nothing, it's not that big a deal because you guys have the capability to, like you did tonight, score a bunch in a hurry. Yeah, putting yourself down three nothing isn't a great recipe to, for success. But um, you know we have uh, we have some some offensive talent, and you know we can work our way out of games. And I like that about our game tonight. Connor, slightly off topic, but you were named to the uh, to the Olympic team officially today. Um, what do you think about that? And you've been uh, kind of a guy who's been outspoken about wanting to go, and this uh, seemingly would be your chance. Yeah, you know, obviously a, a tremendous honor, and to be named with those two, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lead company. So you know, I feel uh, feel very humbled and and uh, you know excited for that that opportunity. 
Uh, Connor, just a quick thought on the power play. It, it got every, most of the pieces back this year, I guess, and it just can it even be better than it was last year? What, what are you seeing out there when it comes to, to the power play this year? Oh, sorry. I think... Uh... You know, I think you're just kind of continuing to build on it, um, you know, building elements to the power play. And, and you, know, you see the most successful power plays are, are usually the ones that, that stick together the longest. And, um, you know, we've been playing together now for, you know, two straight years and, and you know, even, even, even beyond that. So, um, you know, I think it's a dangerous power play. I think, uh, you know, if teams want to take liberties and, and, and do that type of stuff, it's a, it's a way of team toughness as well. You know, we'll, we'll find a way to put it in the back of your net. So, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good unit and fun to be a part of it. Yeah, well, the power play is incredible. Uh, Connor McDavid as the Oilers beat the Flames 4-3. What did you think of his comments about the uh, his his drive to the net, which led to his goal? Pugliarvi shot it, and it goes in off McDavid as he's crashing into Markstrom. Well, for one, I've never skated as fast as Connor McDavid, so I've never had that kind of fear. But he, he's been injured before doing the same thing, and it's... It's one thing in a hockey play if he's driving to the net and someone hits him legally and they go down and crash. Well, it was a hockey play, but it was a penalty. And it looked, and I, I didn't think it was a stick. Now I'd have to see it again. No, it I a thought skate, it was a skate. skate, yeah. skate yeah. But it was a skate that he, it looked like Tanev stuck out. It's one of those, it's almost like a guy that knees someone. I got beat. Okay, stick my knee out quickly. Not thinking I'm trying to hurt him. It's just that. Mom, in the moment thought like oh somehow i got to stop him okay this is the body part that's going out and i think that's what happened on that one with tanov uh, connor jumped by him and it's like okay what can i do to stop him from getting by me he stuck his foot out the problem is connor's going mock one and again and connor's right there's both he and markstrom could have been hurt i mean connor mcdavid's still a big man and he's going full speed markstrom's not expecting it he gets hit from the side so yeah it, it's dangerous i shocked there was not a penalty call on the play because it was it created the goal by McDavid going flying into the goalie. He's the guy with the puck. Everyone should have had focus on McDavid with the puck. So I can't believe the referees missed it. And I uh, and good for Connor. He wasn't um, angry. He wasn't yelling or screaming. But he was more or less saying, "Hey, that can't happen. Those plays have to be called." All right, let's go to seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Geo has given us a ring. Gio, go ahead, please. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. First-time caller, long-time listener. Thank you. Uh, love the additions, the depth that's been kind of tweaked and massaged through the offseason. Uh, I just have a question regarding what's the what's, what do you foresee being the, the norm here for taxi squad or having players carry on the roster or practice or... or What's going to be the norm for this upcoming year with this pandemic still lurking in the background and potentially uh, handcuffing teams uh, through the course of the year? Well, Who do you see kind of back, lying in the background? Yeah, I think yeah. they're going back to normal. What it was before, it's be you're allowed to carry three extra players. I think that's what it is. Yeah, back to 23-man yeah. roster. So they'll have, my guess is they'll carry two extra forwards and an extra defenseman. That's my guess. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're... It shouldn't be, with the pandemic, it shouldn't be uh, as problematic as it was before as long as your players are vaccinated. Yeah, vaccinated players can now cross the border without having to quarantine, so there shouldn't be any issue anymore. Where you would have an issue is if you had a player calling up that is unvaccinated, then you would have an issue. But as far as I know, and Reed, you'd be able to tell me, 
the only person in the Oilers organization that I know of that was not vaccinated was Josh Archibald. Yeah. So, I, so I don't there's think there's going to be fewer than 10 players in the NHL. But I'm just thinking about said, yeah. in the in the minors though would there be any players that are down there i don't know is he counting all them in the 10 players or less i'm guessing probably yeah i don't know for sure but But yeah i would think that yeah so i i don't think i think we're going back to the norm and i don't think it'll be any issue calling players up and down as long as the world continues to get healthier Thanks, Gio. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Oilers beat the Flames 4-3. Perlini scored again. You're going to hear from him next. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers beat the Flames 4-3. So Calgary uh, stronger in the first period, especially the back half of the first period. Kachuk and Goudreau, who scored on a breakaway. Oilers turnovers involved in both goals. Calgary was up 2-0 after the first. Then Lindholm made it 3-0 from Kachuk and Mangiapane at 8.57 of the second. Kachuk, very good in this game. He had a goal and two assists. Then the Oilers got going. Perlini from Turris and Bouchard at 11.53. Pugliarvi. From Dreisaitl and Keith at 13.05. And then the power play goals we were talking about in the third. McDavid from Pugliarvi at Nurse at 8.44. Dreisaitl from Nugent Hopkins and McDavid at 9.39. Final shots tonight, 35.29 in favor of the Oilers. Edmonton had the advantage in the face-off circle, 53%. Leading the way, McDavid and Dreisaitl both 9 out of 15. And Derek Ryan, a good night, 8 out of 13 for 62 percent uh ice time you had mcdavid playing 2150 nurse played 20 you know what rob my do you have the sheet my printer's a little blurred uh, no. 2654 by the looks of it for nurse i think he's well, playing a ton well he was oh, here this is supposed to be yours oh no wonder i'll get the blurry one the guy with the bad eyes <laughs> um the the thing that i liked about Tippett too is he wanted to, to play this as close to a real regular season game as possible having his players play the amounts that they're normally going to play See how guys fit in. See if you're a fourth-line guy and you're making playing 8 to 10 minutes. Can you be a factor in those 8 to 10 minutes? If you're the third line, can you come out in the minutes that you're going to probably get in a regular season game? So a lot more goes into an exhibition game than most of us would have thought. But he wanted to see how it would react. And, well, apparently react, the team reacted pretty good as they came back from three down to to beat their provincial rivals and hopefully set the tone for the regular season. All right, here's the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Ducks and Sharks are in a shootout. It's 2-2. Flyers beat the Bruins 2-1 in overtime. Columbus wins 5-3 at Buffalo. Devils win at home 4-1 against the Capitals. Toronto takes down Ottawa 3-1. Chicago 6-4 victors over Detroit. Wild beat the Avalanche 3-1. Monday night football, it is 28-14 Chargers over the Raiders. Okay, get down to the Hall of Fame room one more time. Here is Lamborghini Perlini. Uh, can you just give us, give us a thought on, on your opinion of it and, and now that you're getting closer here to the regular season? Yeah, um, it's, been, it's been decent so far. Um, you know, I, I think... Coming in, uh, you know, I, I've said it a couple times uh, with with Tip as a coach. I'm a little bit more familiar, so definitely helps. Um, but yes, yeah, as, as far as the games have uh, gone, uh, you know, I felt felt decent out there. Uh, you know, look to just keep working hard and doing all the little things. Uh, you know, that add up over games and. 
um, that's that's the main thing for me. Just just working uh, working as hard as I can, putting in that that hundred percent effort and doing those little things. Two full lineups today. Have you had a chance to kind of work your way up? to like playing full NHL lineup did that help kind of playing some of the earlier games and then say that again sorry the, the, the two teams had basically their full NHL lineup right yeah oh. did it help kind of working your way up to this game and then and, and kind of instead of kind of just getting thrown into basically an NHL regular season game today um yeah I mean I think it was it was still a little bit uh like scrappy out there as far as it wasn't wasn't probably the smoothest NHL game that you would see mid-season but um, yeah obviously you know both teams are, are playing a lot of their guys now or full lineups or whatever so um, yeah it went a little bit smoother than probably the first few games uh, but um, yeah, no, it was a good, at least a good comeback by us, and nice to uh, get the win. Obviously, big the guys, you guys chip in a goal, the bottom six, and kind of starts things rolling for you. I guess, mm -hmm. um, how important is that in your role, and in, in, in I guess in that role in that bottom six to, to obviously help out with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, that's it's a team game, right? And not uh, you know, not one person or whatever can can do everything you know there's different lines that uh, that got to be on the ice and um contribute so that's that's what we're uh, as a line looking to do was to uh you know create something and and uh be hard on pucks and you know uh play a real solid game so um i think that was that was kind of our our role out there and you know luckily we could we could chip in and, and get one there to kind of get the ball rolling for the guys Brennan, you mentioned how it's uh, it's been decent for you, but you know you lead the team in preseason goals. I don't know what your your expectations were of yourself. You said you felt that you were better prepared to be in the NHL after playing in Switzerland. So now that you've had these preseason games, what have you feel has contributed to to your success that you learned last year? Um, well, I think over in Swiss, I, I've become more a uh, patient player. Um, you know, I, I think with the big ice over there and stuff, I, I learned quite a few things. So um, coming back over here, it was, you know, um, put a lot of things that I learned over the last year and a half or so, the whole COVID time to work and and see uh, see what worked over in Swiss and then bring that over here. So, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, things have gone gone decent so far and um, it's, it's really not getting getting ahead of myself or looking in the past or anything like that it's it's staying present and, and just playing the game is as simple as that sounds it's it's only hockey out there you know what i mean so you got to focus on each each shift at a time and go and just do your job brendan perlini scores again five in the preseason helping the oilers beat the calgary flames 4-3 edmonton now 4-1-1 on their exhibition schedule okay Next game broadcast is Thursday. Oilers home to the Canucks. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30. Ched, don't forget Bob Stoffer as Oilers now noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Ched, we've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 4-3. Have a great night.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.